For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. You, between you, me, the tree, rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 432 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Buddy, I'm racing against the gummies tonight. Let's see if I can get through all we gotta talk about before I get real stupid. Alright? Oh, I'm down. Okay, let's see. <clears throat> so, buddy, we got shit to talk about for once. For once. And it's, and it's like, okay, so you guys make us go a couple weeks. I got to start doing bits about Will's hypothetical pet snake, Lars Ulrich, the snake. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, so New Year, here's some Star Wars news. Oh, Star Wars news? Yeah, here's a bunch of Star Wars news. Uh, Will and I haven't really talked about it too much, so no. I'm excited to jump into it, buddy. I am too. Um before all that, you know, blueharvest.rocks and myweirdfoot.com for all your Blue Harvest needs. Get all the links you need to all our social media, including the Twitch channel where things are about to get fucking, well, I don't want to say spicy because that feels like I'm going to pop one of my fat tits out of my shirt and show it on stream. Ooh, um, I can't wait. But that ain't it. Uh, what's going to be happening is your old pal Hall is going to be playing a lot of JRPGs over the next couple of months because there's a lot coming out, including Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. So you guys will definitely want to turn in for that because it's going to get weird. Twitch.tv slash Blue Harvest Pod. Will be fun. Yes, I uh, put in for some days off around the release of Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two, so I'll probably be doing quite a bit of streaming of it. I don't know that I'm going to attempt some long-haul stream. Let's see how I feel, right? I wouldn't recommend it, but yeah, we'll see how you feel. Why, why wouldn't you recommend it, though? Man, the long-haal streaming, it's just not good for you. Skipping the circadian rhythms, it's not good for Yeah, you, but it's not like I do it all the time. And then I wanted This to is also true. I wanted to do that 16-hour stream last year for Final Fantasy 16, 
and I got four, 15 and a half, wait, no, 13 and a half hours in before my stream crapped out. I was so close. So yeah. what I'm thinking will, okay? Obviously, a seven-hour stream, big deal. I ain't doing that. So we could say Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two, seven times two is 14. But why don't we say, since it's the second part of the remake, 48-hour stream? No. Yes. Yes. No. Yeah. I do not, I'm not getting behind this idea. Okay. You're probably Sounds right. Sounds unhealthy. I mean, considering... I don't know the schedule necessarily, but I might have chemo that week. The amount of monster you'll be injecting into yourself to try to stay awake would be an unrecommended amount. Maybe I could be like one of those real weirdos and set up an air mattress behind me in my little goblin cave, and I'll just take a nap on stream. Now, that is not a bad idea. Let Walter down here. Sleep stream. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Watch the cats mess with you while you snooze. Mm -hmm. hear, probably hear me talk in my sleep a little bit. Hmm. It'd be cool if you could set the music up and like chat could control whatever music's playing in your room. Now, At an I, appropriate sleeping volume. I have seen people do sleeping streams where they let the chat donate a certain amount of money to play different sound effects or music really loudly. Uh -huh. to sort of troll them while they're trying to sleep. I'll consider it, but probably not. <laughs> probably probably just going to stream for a normal amount of hours for a couple a couple few days in a row when it releases. But I don't know. Maybe I'll get weird and decide I want to try to do something stupid. We'll see. You know? Try to we'll do see. something stupid. The fucking Halls Burkhardt story. Um, <laughs> you know what else you can find on... Can you tell us something about the oh next my God. Star Wars movie? Why is Daisy Ridley oh talking too. and being lovely? Okay. Um, it sounds nice. Um, you can also find a link to our Patreon, where if you want to support the show, you can for as little $3 a month. Patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Thank you to all our patrons. Peace and love. We love you guys. Big old kiss on that turkey neck. Mwah! Nom, 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 That's how, that's how me and Will kiss on the turkey leg, turkey neck. Nom, 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 Explains a lot, I guess. Um, buddy, how's your week Waddle, been? waddle, waddle. Uh, the, uh, my week has been okay. It's been good. Getting back into the groove of school and 6 a.m. school mornings mm -hmm. and bedtime, school night bedtime and dinner and, and homework. I got you. Very, uh, very normal. Very, very normal. I don't know. Guess kind of. <laughs> yeah. School, school day. Very so the kids are all back to fighting shape after being sick? Kids are all feeling better, yes. And Buddy Ivy still has a little bit of but, a runny nose. But, but nothing. Not, okay. She's not ill and she looks great and she's playing. And good, good, good. I know it. It seemed like it kind of hit her worst of all. It did. It did. And you know, that that's why the flu is so scary for wee bitty children and mm -hmm. really old people. Yep. Yep. Or just fat dudes named Halls even. And anybody that is immunocompromised. <laughs> so, that's cool. I'm glad to hear they're feeling better, man. Yeah. Hey, I gotta say, are. buddy, knock on wood, I ain't heard a sniffle or a dry, uh, dry or productive cough out of you this whole time. I think you dodged it. 
I yeah, you know, it's still it's still I'm still not I will not allow myself to think that because I feel like as soon as I do I think, think that, that you're going to get is it is when I That's... will be sm- you know, smote for yeah. my hubris. Did so uh I... did your wife get sick? No, she did not. Look at y'all. Y'all know kung fu. I need well, y'all to teach me you know, your ways. My wife works in an emergency room. I consider hers immersion. Like my wife oh, could yeah. probably survive. She's in the hyperbolic. She's in the right. hyperbolic time chamber of sickness every day. Uh, yeah, yeah. Her immune system probably yeah. stronger than anybody's in the house. Um, and then maybe I pick up some vicarious immunity through that. And I had my flu shot before we went to New York. Okay. So I feel like I may just lucked out and had peak immunity. Just been right at, at that time. right moment. Okay. I was right where the shield was strongest. Buddy, right, you know. Let me tell you. You know, so before I started treatment, they were like, hey, you need to, you know, get your updated COVID booster and your flu shot. Right. You, I don't want to get either of those while I'm in chemo. So no. I went and got the the double-double animal style, which is, uh-huh. <laughs> I got my COVID and my flu shot in the same day. Yeah. And I didn't feel great. Did not yeah. make me feel great. I'll say that much. Took yeah. a hell of a nap with a sore-ass arm that afternoon. I can imagine. <clears throat> Hopefully he does um, his job. This this round of flu for the kids was so scary because it stuck around for so long mm-hmm. and it knocked them out hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really frightening to see your kids be that ill and run temperatures that high and yeah, about you know, that's nothing scary. to do but fight it with you know Tylenol, Advil, and popsicles, cold cold compresses. I um, I'm sure you you guys are glad to have that shit out the way. I'm super glad. I kind of feel exhausted, but I'm super glad. I can only imagine, my dude. Um, so I don't really have anything. I'm trying to think if I have anything to report from my week. I just been just working on the house, man. I'm trying to get ready for the weekend that you and Steve and Nick are coming. So you know, right? Knocking things down. I put up some fucking Japanese screens tomorrow. Oh my. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. That's going to be so fun. It's good. Will, Steve, and I have already started kicking around some ideas for special podcast recordings while everybody's here. So we're going to try to get it going. Um, Yeah. Otherwise, nothing to report. Uh, So on Tuesday, I was on Steele's live stream. So Monday... Steele texted me about seeing if we could record a year by podcast uh, that day, but I was getting treatment at the time, and I was like, hey, man, let me see how I'm feeling. Turns out, not super great. So we didn't record, and then Tuesday, the big news of this week drops, and I text him, and I'm like, hey, buddy, let me know if you want to record today. We could even just do something about all the big news. What I didn't realize was that he was in the middle of a 14-hour international flight. So as soon as he got off the plane, he got a fucking text from me about big Star Wars news, but didn't know what I was talking about. Oh, wow. Um, What a tease. And this dude whipped together a streaming setup and did a live stream from the airport while he was waiting on his connecting flight. You guys can check that out on the Steel Wars YouTube channel if you're interested. Oh, wow. It was a good time. So, buddy, 
let's just get into the news. I'm going to try and do it as chronologically as possible because there's the big stuff and then there's some it's weird like i said other little star uh other little star wars shit started hitting right right obviously the big story of the war the week is the mandalorian and grogu journeys to the big screen the mandalorian and grogu are embarking on a new adventure to movie theaters directed by john favreau and produced by favreau kathleen kennedy and dave filoni the Mandalorian and Grogu will go into production in 2024. I have loved telling stories in the rich world that George Lucas created, said Favreau. The prospect of bringing the Mandalorian and his apprentice Grogu to the big screen is extremely exciting. Uh, that was old Jean Favreau. Uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni have ushered into Star Wars two new and beloved characters and this new story is a perfect fit for the big screen, added Kathleen Kennedy, president of Lucasfilm. Okay. The Mandalorian and Grogu will lead Lucasfilm's ongoing feature development slate, including films helmed by Charmaine Obaid Shinoy, James Mangold, and Dave Filoni, who is also currently developing Ahsoka Season 2 among those in the works. This is the way. So, Lots of information in like a, a a tiny little announcement there, right? We're getting a, they're starting production on a Star Wars movie, a Mandalorian movie this year. And that movie is called The Mandalorian and Grogu. I just got to get this out of the way first because overall I'm pretty positive on this news. I hate that title. Oh yeah, it's kind of candy ass. That that title doesn't do it for me. Our buddy Jeff described it best as it sounds like an ABC special. To me, yeah. it almost sounds like a um, a special feature they would put on Disney Plus to get you caught up before the next season of The Mandalorian, like a recap right. special. Right. I have a feeling that that's probably the title, but I hope they maybe have a chance to reconsider that at some point maybe toss around i think it they would be better served just calling it the mandalorian and then have some kind of cool subtitle of course that's what i would think would be better and i know they may be like oh everything's like that well there's a reason maybe everything's like that yeah and i just feel like i don't know i don't know maybe it'll grow on me i doubt it i just don't dig the title now, super title card, right? Like mm -hmm. super the Mandalorian and Grogu. Like you can imagine it announced. Like at a, can you like an Academy Awards? Are they just well, probably not. Uh, maybe for effects or something. Um if they were sitting around the the story group table or whatever the fuck being like, "Okay, so we're going to do a Mandalorian movie." Cool. John has a script. It's it's cool. It's good. We're we're excited about it. Awesome. So the movie's called The Mandalorian and Grogu. You mean they're telling me there's not one person in that room that can't be like, hey, hold on. Like, I get it. I get why that's the title, but it just, I don't know, doesn't hit. And the other thing is, I don't know if you remember, because I don't think we really even talked about it much because I didn't know if there was any legitimacy to the rumors, but 
I want to say about a couple of months ago, there was a rumor going around that The Mandalorian Season 4 was being considered as an option to turn into a movie. Right? Yeah. So when I saw this story, I think to myself, okay, so I guess that rumor was true. They're turning the fourth season of Mandalorian into a movie. But then in Deadline's article about this, they mentioned that the fourth season of Mandalorian is still in development. I mean, that's good because this story so far has been Star Wars's heartbeat, you know, for, for a little while. I mean, when you're talking about a, a ongoing story, you're right. Like obviously we had Obi-Wan, but that was a self-contained story. Right. Yeah. Um, and door, but that's also a self-contained story. It's just split over two seasons. But as far as an ongoing continuing story that sort of builds and stuff, this has been what they've been doing for Star Wars because there's not movies and shit. Right. Um, so a fourth season and a movie. I mean, th- that's perfect because you can ramp the fourth season up to the movie. So that's right? what that was going to be my question to you. If that report uh, turns out to be true, is that what you think they'll do is they'll do the fourth season and then yeah. the movie, you don't think it's going to yeah. be movie and then the fourth season? I don't. I, I kind of think just, you might be right. I think you ramp up the fourth season to hype the movie. You want that movie to be huge, right? Like I, in in their mind, they want it to be Endgame, right? Mm, they want well, it so to be. I don't think they want this Infinity to be War. Endgame. I think they want the next one, the Dave Filoni movie that's going to tie up the whole Mandalorian storyline and all the other, you know, connected shows. I think that's the one they want to be big, big. Now, obviously it's the first star Wars movie back after quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, They want this to do big money. No doubt. Yeah. They want this one to do numbers. I kind of wonder, I I have some predictions coming through my mind about what we're going to see in this movie. Um, I want to hear that. So we'll get to that. Well, I can imagine we'll get a Grogu talking regularly, like maybe not lots of dialogue, but I think we'll get Grogu speaking oh, you know, you in know, the movie. Little, yeah. Yeah. In the movie. A couple words here and there. He may get a, a full on set. He may get a Mandalorian helmet in the movie. Oh, Lord. You know, a little Mandalorian helmet with the ears poking out. Mm-hmm. They could do that. Um, he might make a lightsaber in the movie. Yeah, well, so the other thing is, is if the fourth, if they do go the route where the fourth season comes first and then there's the movie, I would imagine some of that will be taken care of before the movie. So those play, those pieces are in place for, for the movie itself, right? That's because, also a good thing. I, I was, I was um, thinking lots of those reveals would happen in the movie, but I guess it would make, just like we were talking about, it would make more sense to ramp up to the movie with that right. stuff. Yeah, and, and, and if you're going to do any of, if not all of those things, you probably want to have some of those pieces in place because you don't just want the movie to be like, oh, this is the movie where Grogu gets a, a whole bunch of new accessories, right? Yeah. Um, so, now... One thing I like about that is because I'll be honest, I'm a little unsure about this just because the title to be 100% and it's petty, but I just don't dig the title. I hope 
like if there are some positives <clears throat> that could potentially come for from this whole thing, I think it's a potential positive that this means they have a story for a Mandalorian movie that is big enough and cool enough to necessitate a movie and not a Disney plus episode or two. Right. Right. I think it'd be potentially a positive that this will buy them some time for Ahsoka season two and whatever else is going to come before the Dave Filoni movie. I want them. So like there was this moment in the production of lost, right? The show lost kind of is well known for having a really uneven third season. Right. And then after that third season, Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse made a deal with ABC of like, we want to end this show with six seasons, this many episodes. So then they had an idea of how much time they had left, how many episodes they had left to wrap up the story. I right. want them to do that with this, right? Like I want this to be the point. Okay. They have the end point in mind, the Dave Filoni movie. You guys really need to work out all the pieces and the connecting pieces and shore this up rock solid. Cause I'm, I really don't ride. think that's the end. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think, think this it is, is the beginning. We're going to get the Mandalorian and Grogu, and eventually it's going to separate off into Grogu stories. And then you're going to get Grogu movies. Oh, now, I don't... If this movie is... We're going to be seeing stories with Grogu for quite a while. Now, yeah, they, that's what I'm saying. There might be a time when they put the character to the side for a little bit to let it build back up and then bring him back in, but I don't think it's going to be a continuous Grogu content load or whatever like um i think, I think they're building to him being you know a, a big a big movie character like they're not gonna do a yoda movie but they're damn sure gonna do a grogu movie obviously right so i think the dave filoni movie is supposed to be the end point for the mandalorian ahsoka i guess skeleton crew right like I think that's connected to all this, like that ongoing story. Now that I don't think that means that's the end of any of those particular characters. Of course they can show up in other stuff and they will, especially Grogu. But I think that is supposed to be the end of that sort of connected story. Cause they've even said culminates <laughs> in this Dave Filoni movie, right? What I'm saying okay. is get, get your shit together guys and have a plan for, how you get from this point that we're at now to that Dave Filoni movie, wrap it up, make it real fucking solid, please. I'm asking you guys. And by the way, also make sure Boba Fett's in the mix somewhere. All right, please. I don't know how you get away without it. Right? Like I think the fact Boba Fett will probably be in the movie more than you expect. And I bet Pedro Pascal will be in the movie more than you expect. See, and, uh, now, that's another big question. Since this, I think they have to have Pedro Pascal show up for a day or two of shooting of this movie, right? The right. reason I say that is because I don't, I just don't, I think you got to have that moment in the movie, right? Like every time he's taken his helmet off in the show so far, it's only been, a, you know, three times, but that's all been really impactful. I think you want that moment in the movie. Now, the reason I don't think he's going to be there every day shooting on this movie is this dude has got a full plate, including it seems like he might be playing Reed Richards in the fantastic four. Right. 
Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I I knew like customer was saying like he's gonna be in the helmet a lot, but I bet you get more Pedro Pascal, Din Djarin in the movie than you have so far combined. I wouldn't be surprised because combined so far, it's only a few minutes. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Um, and Pedro Pascal is a movie star. You know, like that's his. That's well, his I mean, this dude. Like, he has only gotten more popular since being in The Mandalorian, like with The Last of Us, and now, like I said, it looks like he's going to be one of the main cast members of the Fantastic Four. Um, so, the other thing I like about this announcement, obviously, is that Dave Filoni is working on Ahsoka Season 2, right? Yeah. You and I both said it kind of seems like they have to do a second season, I love that, you know, hopefully that means they're going to resolve the whole Ahsoka and Sabine thing, you know, them being stuck on the perineum um, before the movie, before the Dave Filoni movie. Um, and old Dave Filoni posted this concept art <coughs> after it was announced. This man loves posting concept art, and I don't care. I love it every time he does. Well, the concept art is so good, so yeah. so neat. I mean, it's it's clearly Ahsoka and Sabine standing on that statue that Balin's yeah. skull was on, the one that's pointing. And it just says the story continues. Like, hell yeah. Hell yeah, Dave Filoni. Hey, Dave Filoni, would you do me a favor? Would you take one of those little fucking note cards and your mechanical pencil and shit and whip up a couple of drawing, drawings of Boba Fett? Huh? <laughs> Talking about how you and Dave Filoni or you and John Favreau like to ride jet skis and play with each other's Star Wars toys. Fucking pull the Boba Fett toy out of the box, my dude. Just put them in everything. You motherfucker. You figured out how to put... You, you put them in everything, man. You put them in everything. If you can figure out how to work a wolf into every damn show you're involved in, you can figure out Boba Fett, Dave. <laughs> um, you know what it kind of reminds me of? If, if the rumor is true that there is... Um, the season four of Mandalorian is still coming along with the movie. And I keep saying if, because I want to stress that Lucasfilm has not said that that was like a deadline report. Right. Right. It reminds me kind of how they handle anime sometimes, which I really like. Um, and I've talked to both you and Steve about this, how like, you know, we'll use demon slayer as an example. They did the first season of demon slayer, which was awesome. Then they had a movie that came out in the theaters that continued the story and took place in between season one and two, right? So there's like that theatrical movie that connects the two seasons. You got to watch that movie to hold it, know the whole story. By the way, that movie fucking slapped. So mm. if they want to take that, that concept from um, anime every now and then in star Wars, I'm down. I think they should just get real fucking wild with it and start giving it nutty ass subtitles. Like the Mandalorian 3.1 plus 1.0 fucking thrice upon a, a time. Boy, I really fumbled yeah. that bit. God damn it. I just. 
is it wrong to hit on a girl and with head tails in a Tatooine bar in Mos Eisley Canton? Now, I, now, I'm not really necessarily looking for him to, to take that from anime. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know that I need the Star Wars harem anime uh, adaptation type shit going on. Because some of those anime go wild, buddy. Peace and love, no hating. Far be it for me to look down on that. I can't. I can't act like I have seen them. Oh, well, for sure you have. We all have. We've all stumbled across it, you know, by accident. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the, I remember Tenchi Muyo. It's probably the most harem anime I've seen, and that was... I don't think I've seen that. Way one. back in the day. That was because it was on Adult Swim. Hmm. Right on. So... Okay, now this made me think of something. So, if Mandalorian is about to start, well, they said it's going in production into in 2024. So, if they are doing the fourth season, I would imagine they'll do that first and then the movie. So, the movie could go into production like by the end of the year, which means... Shit. I don't even remember when those fucking supposed Star Wars movie release dates are. And I'll tell you what, Will, I don't give a fuck. I ain't looking it up because that shit just I, changes all the time. I was about to say, I don't think it matters anymore, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I guess we'll find out. Um, so, the other thing, if it, if it buys them some time to, you know, really plot out and figure out the rest of this big interconnected story they're telling... I think another possible benefit is also going to buy the Daisy Ridley movie some time to really make sure it's in a good spot and going to be really awesome. And I think, you know, that could be positive too. And then Daisy Ridley, lovely as always, was in an interview this week. And this is what she had to say about her new Star Wars movie. Can you tell us something about the next Star Wars movie? I'm waiting to read the script. I know the story's amazing. Very excited to work with Charmaine. I don't know when it will be. Uh, so that's all I know. You're lying, Daisy Ridley. I know that lying Daisy Ridley face. She knows exactly when it'll be. Um, it's very coy. I like that she said she's read the script and that she thinks it's amazing. Yep. Um, but yeah, when she says, look at the face she says when she said she doesn't know when it'll be. Uh, so yeah. that's all I know. Mm-hmm. Okay, Daisy. You act like we didn't spend years pouring over fucking interview dialogue trying to figure out stuff. You forget who you're messing with here. She doesn't even know who we are, Will. She's delightful. No, I know she doesn't. <laughs> no one knows she doesn't. And that's, you know, honestly, buddy, it's for the best. Oh. It's for I the best. I don't think so. I, I think she would like us if she got to know us. Probably you. Me, she'd be like... Wait, what is Neon Genesis Evangelion? Um, well, first. <laughs> well, so this is... Okay, Daisy, listen. This is what you got to do, okay? You go on Netflix, okay? And you watch the first 24 episodes of Neon Genesis Evangelion. And then you stop, okay? And then you watch End of Evangelion, also on Netflix. And then you go back and you watch the last two episodes of Neon Genesis Evangelion on Netflix. Then you think you're done, but you're not. 
you go to Amazon Prime Video and you watch Rebuild of Evangelion 1.11, Rebuild of Evangelion 2.22, Rebuild of Evangelion 3.33, and Rebuild of Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 thrice upon a time. And then you're done. And you know what that and then you know what she does, Will? Files a restraining order. <laughs> um or watches some really kick ass anime. Or could be. Could be. Um what about um You remember old Dick Bag and Dick Bag that did Game of Thrones? Yeah. David yeah. Benioff and DB Weiss or whatever the hell. Remember when they were supposed to do a Star Wars movie? I do, yeah. Mhm. Mhm. Well, I don't know what they're up to. Oh, you know what it is? I think they might be filming that first body problem for Netflix. That might be okay. why they're in the news, but Obviously, as it f pertains to Star Wars, um, they um, were talking in an interview and mentioned their Star Wars movie that they were working on. Um, and this is what they said. Um, we wanted to do the first Jedi. Basically, how the Jedi Order came to be, why it came to be, the first lightsaber. And we were annoyed as hell when Ryan Johnson, the duo's longtime friend and three-body problem producer, called his movie The Last Jedi. And then the other guy said, he completely destroyed the obvious title for what we were working on. And then first, dickhead number one said, Lucasfilm ended up not wanting to do a first Jedi story. We had a very specific story idea in mind, and ultimately they decided they didn't want to do that. And we totally get it. It's their company and their IP, but we weren't the droids they were looking for. You know he's been waiting. You he's, know. That one is banged up with how much mm. has been rattling around in the can uh -huh. waiting to come out. He's, he's been like, hey, guys, can we maybe forget the last three or, or however many seasons of Game of Thrones if I use a really fucking corny Star Wars reference in this uh, interview? Um, I'm going to use a snappy Star Wars quote so people think I don't still have to prove myself that I am a decent director. You know what's interesting about that? If those guys are being honest that they quote-unquote got annoyed, obviously they're being tongue-in-cheek and, and you know cheeky there when they talk about that. That Ryan Johnson called his movie The Last Jedi. That means they were working on their movie for a little bit. Back. Yeah. Before they even announced it and, you know, obviously announced that it wasn't being done anymore. Um, and then and I'll be honest, that premise is something that I was excited to see. Like I've mentioned it several well, times. I want to see ancient Jedi, like well, the first Jedi, the establishing of the order. But I'm super glad that it's not in the hands of these two guys. Yeah. And obviously that is a story that Lucasfilm is interested in trying to tell at some point because that's supposedly what James Mangold is working on, right? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I mean, confirmed that's what he's working on. So I would love to know what the difference between James Mangold's pitch and the Game of Thrones guy's pitch was. Because it sounds similar, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> would love to know what's up with that. Um, 
And then the only other, only other, I mean, considering all the shit, we got a new movie announced, the only other. Um, something else I thought was real weird. Now, guys, you got to listen to your old pal halls on this. Don't get too excited, okay? So for the past few years, there have been older Star Wars games that have been getting re, quote-unquote remastered and put on modern consoles. Like, you know, if you go in the PlayStation or Xbox store, you can buy Pod Racer or uh, Bounty Hunter or uh, Jedi Knight 3 and Jedi Academy. You know, some of those older ones. There's um, a remaster of Dark Forces that's coming, I think, sometime next month, right? So clearly they're, you know, they're taking some of their back catalog and and getting it on modern hardware for people to play. Well, today PlayStation announced that Star Wars Episode 1: The Phantom Menace is coming to PS5 and PS4 on January 16th, so in 5 days, PlayStation Plus premium members will be able to access the game free of charge. Guys, that is the absolute only way you should play that game as if it's free of charge. This game is awful. Oh, no. Bro, your pal Hall saved money his sophomore year in high school, which is the year I was, high school I was in when Phantom Menace came out, to buy this game on release date, which was also the day the movie came out. And so oh, wow. I went to see Phantom Menace back to back once with my friends, once with my dad, and then could not get home fast enough to pop this game in and start playing it. And it was a massive disappointment. It is without a doubt, one of the worst star Wars games ever made. Let's look, let's look and see what it's. Tell me what makes it so bad. Terrible controls, awful level design, terrible graphics, terrible voice acting. It's just bad. Let's see what it's rated on Metacritic. Um, well, it's just going to show me fucking spider, the Phantom Menace fucking games. Let's go to games. Space Fury, the Phantom Menace. The fuck is that? You know what? Maybe they don't have it. Yeah, they probably don't have reviews saved from 1999. Um, like there is, so the structure of each level from what I remember, because it's kind of a top-down game, um, you play as Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon at different points in the game. Um this is for the movie. Why can't anybody give me some fucking information on the game? The internet's really, you know what I mean, man? It's really fucking, this used to be easier. Am I that old? You're not that old. The algorithm, I think corporations pay to break the algorithm, right? Bad game, huh. and they pay to scrub it from the algorithm. There's a reason that you're directed away from certain things. Hmm. Yeah, maybe, maybe Sony is paying to scrub all the reviews of the Phantom Menace game off of the internet so they can be like, guys, you can play this in five days. You guys, you don't want to. You There's better uses of your time. You, a better use of your time would be playing the Phantom Menace segment in Lego games. <laughs> that would probably be a lot more fun. Okay, 
Star Wars: The Phantom Menace is a 1919. 1919. It felt like it was. It felt like it was developed Steam in 1990. It's a 1999 action adventure game released by Lucas Arts and is an adapt adaptation of the film of the same title. Oof. Let's see. Oh man, the screenshots even too tiny for you to see. Let's see what the reception was. Six out of ten. Five point six out of ten. Sixty-one percent. Four point two out of ten. Ooh. It has a fifty fifty fifty-four percent approval rating. Those are some bad numbers. Yeah. I guess they just thought, hey, it's Star Wars. The thing will sell a million copies. Doesn't have to be good. But that's so not like Lucasfilm. Well, you say that, buddy, but Starting with the Phantom Menace, Lucas Arts was on a pretty notoriously bad run of Star Wars video games. Uh. You know, like this game wasn't good. The Battle of Naboo on Nintendo 64 wasn't good. You got Rogue Squadron around this time. That was good. It's not like they were all bad. But then they also did shit like Star Wars Demolition, which was like twisted metal, but Star Wars awful. Yeah. Super yeah. Bombad Racing, which was like Mario Kart, but Star Wars awful. Bad. Real bad. It took um, them a little while to get yeah. back to making good Star Wars games. The and this kind of kicked off like a long period of a doo doo. Uh, doo doo. The um Shadows of the Empire on sixty four was difficult. You know what? I am almost certain that that game is not considered a good game. You know, but... I believe it. I do too. And it was hard as hell. Boy, it was tough. Uh-huh. Um, but I I mean, have, I respect it for what it was. I yeah. have nothing but love for that game because... Yeah. Boy, was I, I was like, oh my God. It's a... This is... This feels like was, a real Star Wars story that never happened. It was rad, right? Like, it was totally rad. Well, and, like, uh, I don't know, man. It was, that Shadows of the Empire time in general was just fucking special. Like, that was a special Star Wars time because we're talking pre-prequels. And one day I'm just dicking around on dial-up internet looking at upcoming Star Wars toys. And I start seeing pictures of, like, Chewbacca with an eye patch and a flat top or Luke in that Coruscant guard red armor. You remember that figure? I do. And seeing those and going, the fuck is this? Like, this isn't in from any movies. And then, re like, over time realizing what was going on. Like, my first exposure to Shadows of the Empire was running across those toys randomly online. Like, leaks right. of them, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then like, you know, they did the book, the fucking book had a soundtrack album. They did it two different games because the PC game and the 64 game are similar in some regards, but also different mm -hmm. in other regards. Um, comics, toys, they, 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 real fucking cool. Now shadows, of the empire, when it's all said and done, it's, eh, it's all right. I mean, there's a big green alien that emits horny scent as part of the fucking plot of that. He just, he, ladies smell him and they can't help it. He's got a horny yeah. smell. 
Now with more. Yeah. Prince Shizor. Now with more horny smell. <laughs> okay. So this right here. Okay. Let's look at their list of games during the prequel era, specifically the first couple of years, right? We talked about the Phantom Menace game. No good. Episode one racer may be the only Phantom Menace related game that was good. And a older Star Wars game that holds up to this day, that game is still good. That's a fun game to play. Uh, I have it in a collection of... It's that Republic Commando, Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2, and Force Unleashed 1 and 2 that I got on the Switch for Christmas. It's like... That's a solid connection. Games, games, have you but... fucked around with Racer or any? I have not. I, need... I want to really bad. You need to pop it. That's a game you can just pick up and do a couple of races, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, episode 1, The Gungan Frontier, not good. Um, yeah. Star Wars Pit Droids, not good. Star Wars Force Commander. I don't think that one is considered the good. No, that's not the good real-time strategy. All right. Episode 1 Jedi Power Battles. That game, depending on the version you play, it can be fun, especially co-op. That game's halfway decent. Um, Let's see. Star Wars Demolition, which is the Twisted Metal ripoff that I was talking about. Episode 1, Obi-Wan's Adventures, awful. Episode 1, Battle for Naboo, awful. Star Wars Starfighter is okay. Not yeah, great. Yeah, that's okay. Super Bad Bomb Bad Racing, awful. Galactic Battlegrounds. I don't know about that one, to be honest. Um, Star Wars Obi-Wan. Do you remember this, the Xbox exclusive game? I do, yeah. Awful. Bad. Really bad. Yep. Um, Jedi Starfighter. Okay, that one's uh, it's that better. Than good. One. Yeah. Then you start getting they start getting their their groove. How Stella got their groove back a little bit, right? So right. they didn't do a wide release episode two game adaptation. The only one they put out was on um, the Game Boy Advance, and that game's halfway decent. It's like a little side scroller beat 'em up type game. Cool. Um, do you remember this game, Star Wars: The Clone Wars? I do. Yeah. Did you ever play that? I'm pretty sure I did. You play as like Mace Windu and stuff. This oh, game is this game is bad, but okay, if that okay. makes sense. Um, Star maybe Wars. Thinking about the original Battlegrounds, Bounty Hunter was good. Bounty Hunter is good. Also, a game that you can get like on PlayStation and stuff. You it would be a way better use of your time than playing that episode, that Phantom Menace game. Um, and then you start, so now around here, around 2003 is where you get Knights of the Old Republic and Jedi Academy and what Rogue Squadron three, they start to get their groove back a little bit, but the first battlefront comes out a year, not even a year, like six months before episode three. Um, that was a good game. That was a good game. Lego star Wars kicks off in 2005. They get it back, but they have a couple of rough years with some real bad games in it. Some poodoo. Some real poodoo. So all of that was just for me to say, guys, like, by all means, if you see that and you're like, fuck yeah, I can't wait to try it or or relive it, download it, but make sure you have a backup game to play because you ain't playing it all night. You're not. Trust me. You want to hear from some of our buddies and wrap this shit up? Sure.
cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crush box deity. Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a real Syrian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Deity. Cockhead. So stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty, cockhead, what you gonna do when he comes on you right now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. You know what my favorite part of that version of um, Sean slash Simon's cover of the Kia D song is, Will? The passion with hit which he keeps saying cockhead towards the end. Right. Like, I, that man, he, he, Sean's got that dog in him. That man's in it to win it. <laughs> All right. So, if you guys want to send in any emails, and def what are you going to do? Defend the PlayStation 1 Star Wars Phantom Menace game? Is that what you're going to do? Oh, what is this? Do you see my algorithm is suggesting something Phantom Menace in Japanese? <gasps> Will, that is a Japanese co uh, copy of that doo-doo-ass game. It sure is. I see that. Fourteen forty-five. Shipping is $21 from Japan. Where's the add to watch list? We're going to add that to the watch list, Will. <laughs> the game you don't want to play. What the fuck? Why are some of these so expensive? Why is there one for... Oh, it's sealed. Somebody's selling one sealed for $200. Good luck with that, pal. Star Wars, a graded copy for $300. Ooh, it's a Ooh. Japanese graded copy, though, Will. It is. I see that. Oh, be still, my heart. Add to watch list. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Oh, mama. Oh, mama. I need to look into that. All right. Um... <laughs> First up, we have got a voicemail from our buddy, Florian. Hey guys, over the past few days, my daily routine has been pretty usual, nothing out of the ordinary. However, in the evenings or late afternoons, I started feeling pretty bad, really nauseous actually, to the point where I almost had to throw up. But at the same time, I felt good. I was happy. This continued for several days. Mornings were fine, but in the late afternoons, suddenly I'd feel really sick, yet oddly content. Do you know what the reason was? And no. It's not a tumor. Actually. I'm pregnant. No, not really. Or could I be? Hmm. It's because of Star Wars. Yep, good old Star Wars made me sick. 
You want to know why? It's because I've been playing Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast and Star Wars Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. Two of my favorite games when I was younger. But now they make me sick. But only because I've been playing them in VR, in virtual reality, baby. Yeehaw! Outcast has been available for VR for a while now, but now Academy is also available for everybody, not just the Patreon supporters of the project, since it's not an official release. But yeah, the gameplay involves a lot of jumping and running, Whoa. so if you're not used to that in VR, it can make you feel sick really fast. Oh, and it's quite insane how many enemies you kill in those games. I don't exactly feel like a peaceful Jedi, to be honest, with all these cut-off limbs flying around me. But with fan adaptations like these, I don't mind not getting new Star Wars VR games because these adaptations are fantastic. It feels so immersive. Nothing against Galaxy's Edge, but none of the NPCs were filming anything with their phones, for example. So nothing really breaks the illusion, except the graphics, I guess. Anyway, my question for you guys, are there any Star Wars games you think would be interesting for virtual reality? Like cooking with Dexter Chetster, or floor mopping with Finn before he left the First Order, or something. And don't say Podracer, I'd probably need an emergency bucket on standby. But something like Knights of the Old Republic, an MMO, might oh, be cool too. Oh my God. But yeah, maybe you could also share some virtual reality Star Wars experiences you already had. I think Haas might have tried some. And what would you like to experience in terms of Star Wars in the future regarding VR? I wish you all a great week and hasta la vista, baby. Scene one, Apple, take one. Maybe add VR to Jedi Survivor? Wait, I don't think you know that game, right? Since you never ever actually talked about it? <coughs> hey man, that was hard to schedule. First off, I want to say it's weird that we literally just boot scoop boogied out of a fucking Star Wars video game discussion and this is what Florian... You, so, you know what I mean? Isn't that weird? Right. Florian just came in here. I'm just goofing. New boot goofing. Oh! Um, so it's also weird that he brings this up cause I've been fucking around in VR this week myself. I was going to say that too. I know you had set up your Oculus. Yep. I got my quest three all set up and I was messing around with some stuff. So the very first thing I did was get on and get the star Wars VR game that I haven't played. I played Vader immortal, right? And really liked it. Uh, they have that's that. the one we played at Dave and Buster, right? So that that little Dave and Buster's thing is like just a tiny little segment of Vader and Mortal. <clears throat> it's okay. like it's like a, a little mini game that you can mm -hmm. do in Vader and Mortal. Like there's a whole story. Oh wow! God was brought in from Rancor and shit, all kinds of shit. Um, virtually, obviously. <laughs> um, so I downloaded Tales of Galaxy's Edge. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Because so far, what I have spent most of my time in VR is playing a VR drum game where you're playing the drums. Oh, yeah. And boy, do I get into it, Will, down here in my little goblin cave by myself. <sighs> Nobody to see me fucking flopping my fat tits around fucking drumming. Oh, and if you have get you played Beat Saber, 
Oh yeah, I, oh yeah, I yeah. played Beat Saber and I have played Beat Saber recently too. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Beat Saber's fun, but there's something different about playing that drum, drum game. Set. Now, they could do me a solid and maybe add a few more songs that I like. They got mm -hmm. enough there that I like well enough to to fuck around with and like when you get really good, they'll start like setting pyro off on stage and stuff. Ooh. It's fun. It's a good time. That's a good time. Um, and I also got another game that I haven't tried yet that I'm a little nervous to try called, I think it's Zenith, and it is a VR MMO. Okay. And the reason I'm afraid uh, or a little nervous to try it is because I might not come back. You might sort out online it. Yep. I, if it, God forbid they really did do a Knights of the Old Republic VR MMO. Podcast is over. <laughs> Unless Will can figure out the technology to record the podcast with me in VR. Inside the game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. At a cantina, having some snacks. And you'd be like, hey, Halls, have you had any water in real life? And I'll be like, no, not in about six days. I feel fine. Why do you ask? <laughs> been drinking this synthol. <laughs> Just been living on a feeding tube. You know? It's a good time, but I... I have to have a bunch of backup batteries and power sources. I can't leave. When's the last time you pooped in VR? Don't make me ask. Don't make me specify halls. Be be honest. <laughs> Pull the full San Junipero in there. The um. So my answer for the game I'd like to see the most would be a Star Wars MMO. Now VR is very cool. We're probably quite, still quite a ways away from that level of VR, but that would be cool. Um, like Skyrim level. Yeah, or where no, like, like you're attacking or casting magic with your hands and stuff. No, I mean like where it feels like you're in Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I see. Because. VR is cool, but at never at no point when I'm playing VR. Granted, I always play sitting for obvious reasons. I never mm -hmm. necessarily feel like I'm actually there. I feel like I'm in right. full control of a game, right? Right, right. I'm talking where You're like looking for a hollow suite experience. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, Absolutely. we're looking for the holodeck. Um. You know, what I think would be kind of cool is if they took, like, Star Wars Rebellion or one of the other Star Wars real-time strategy games yeah. and turn that into VR. Now, what I mean is you would be looking at, like, you would be sort of surrounded by the Star Wars galaxy and you could use your either your hands or your VR controller to individually move forces from planets, zoom in on planets, move individual troops around and stuff like that. That could be cool. It'd be like a massive board game, a massive Star Wars VR board game. That would be sick. I, it would. I have an idea for a game that's like Star Wars Smuggler. And like there's stealth elements, like you got to sneak around and smuggle stuff and like mm -hmm. maybe fly sneakily. You know, pull some moves to stay under the radar in space and stuff. Oh. That would be cool. If they just had... um, You know what this reminds me? I'm pretty sure I can play Star Wars Squadrons in VR with that headset. 
I'm going to do that. Because I was about to say, just that's pretty crazy. Just um, if they were able to take something like Elite Dangerous, have you, are you familiar with that game? Or even No Man's so. Sky, put a yeah. Star Wars skin on it and put that in VR where I can just fly in my spaceship and visit different planets and shit and get yeah, up to Star Wars and shenanigans. Visit cantinas and marry a AI robot lady like that movie. You know, the one with uh, yeah. the Joker. Uh yeah, he married uh Siri. Remember that? Or oh her, I think it's called her. Oh, huh. I think you're right. I just know it was Joaquin Phoenix. It was Joaquin Phoenix, oh, and the voice Joaquin of the Phoenix. AI was Scarlett Johansson. Huh. I guess it was. Huh. I can't believe I actually watched that movie because it's just uh, the concept of having the time to watch. A, that movie out of the list of movies. Like if I have time to watch something now, I have a lot of shit I got to get caught up on. Right. It's not right. like, Ooh, let me watch that movie where he fucks his phone. We're walking Phoenix fucks his phone. Um, um, I used to really like watching movies that generated Oscar buzz, right? Like the things that people were talking about. And I, uh, I don't, I'm not able to do it anymore, but I did. I did. I did once enjoy watching the yeah i mean i don't i don't highly critiqued movies dislike them either but there's just certain things i see i'm like yeah that ain't for me i'm glad you Pass. guys i'm glad you guys liked it that's awesome uh we got an email from my mom um she said hi love the podcast as usual i put this in the comments on patreon but i don't know if y'all see them so i thought i would pop put it up here too considering i never got to listen to cooking with will i think you need to think about doing that again. Okay. Ooh. So mom, I can show you how to listen to the old episodes of cooking with will. They're all on oh, Patreon. Cool. Secondly, I'm sure will, will get one. You hear the, the life this man's leads. He, he worked in a, it basically <clears throat> he worked in a, um, a, a sick ward for the last two and a half weeks, taking care of this family. All right. My man's up to big dad things. You know what I did four times today is I put the balls back in the ball pit. Uh, Hell yeah. Uh, the kids got a little ball pit, and I had to pick every ball up. You know I what you need to do is something out. I don't you got to figure out some sort of system like a Mr. Bucket. Uh, yeah, I need a Roomba a, with like a, a ball attachment. attachment. Yeah, that just shoots those things. That, it, Oh, man. From downtown. I bet you, you <laughs> I bet you you know I bet you we could talk to Goose and get something rigged up. He'd be like, okay, so what we need I is a Roomba. A consultation between Goose and Jeff. Jeff Lane. Robotics yeah. and engineering. Yeah. You know. Next thing you know, there's a fully automated robot. Just And we have the coolest toy collection system. And we'll call it Suck It. Yeah, know? suck it. Um yeah, uh, speaking of cooking with Will, um, Sam asked a question in our Discord, and I told him to send in an email, and he might have forgotten, um, but I'm glad I just okay. thought of it, because he had a question for you. Um, where is it? Give me one second. Okay. I can find this. I can find this. Here it is. Okay. Um he said, I'm waiting for Will to help me figure out the best way to cook Brussels sprouts. 
And I know for a fact that Will makes ball in Brussels sprouts because I've had them many times. Yeah, it all depends on how you like your Brussels sprouts. And I will tell you, uh, within our lifetime, Brussels sprouts have been genetically bred to be more tasty and less bitter. The Brussels sprouts that existed in the 70s, 80s, they were incredibly bitter. And there has been some some breeding going on to reduce the bitter flavor and increase the sweetness in different varietals. And uh, when you're cooking Brussels sprouts, it all depends kind of on how you want to cook them and whether you're using frozen Brussels sprouts or fresh Brussels sprouts. Fresh Brussels sprouts are wonderful and they're great for roasting or frying. Um, both of those are very good. I like to uh, toss the – I will cut fresh Brussels sprouts in halves uh, or quarters. The quarters tend to fall apart a little more, but that's kind of okay because once they're coated in oil uh, and they're roasted, they get really crispy. So you kind of get these nice little uh, kind of like roasted fried Brussels sprout chips. They're very crisp and they're very tasty. Um, so I usually do half, like half, half little half cabbages, um, and I will toss them in olive oil and roast them, uh, at like 375 until they get to the tenderness you want. Uh, and you can just try that with a fork. Um, they should have a little char on them, a little color, a little roast, and then you can, uh, hit them with just some kosher salt, dude, olive oil, kosher salt. I mean, you really can't go wrong. You can go any different kind of ways with this. You could do truffle salt. If you have truffle salt or rosemary salt, any sort of simple herbed salt, like you can find flavored salts. They're really cool. So when you're doing something simple, a simple roasting dish, uh, you know, potatoes, carrots, whatever, and you just want to add just a little bit of flavor or just a little bit of something singular, not over the top. Um, some, some flavored salts are really cool for that kind of stuff. Like finishing salts, I guess is what I'm talking about. But, um, and you can, and I like to also take frozen Brussels sprouts and I will put some olive oil in my really big skillet and I'll let it get really hot. And then I'll add those frozen Brussels sprouts to the hot oil. Now that seems counterintuitive and yes, it'll kind of splatter and make a little bit of a mess. You got to control that. But you let the frozen Brussels sprouts cook in that really hot olive oil until they get just a little bit of color on them, just a little bit of char. And then you move them around and then hit that with kosher salt as well. Uh, you can like honey balsamic. I've done honey balsamic roasted um, Brussels sprouts. And if you – the balsamic is very tangy. It complements the bitterness very well. The honey – cuts the bitterness also so you know if you like sweet and tangy the honey balsamic roasted brussels sprouts are pretty good it all just depends on kind of what you're going for a lot of people do them with bacon you know uh, bacon bacon uh, you know chunky bacon with roasted brussels sprouts very good very good hell yeah buddy i bet you that fucking hit the spot of what he was looking for i tell you what I'm hoping so. And mom, when so my mom and dad are coming to visit in a few days, I'll show you how to get the rest of the uh, cooking with Will stuff on Patreon, so you can get caught up. Will will get real, to. I'll give you a quick a quick cooking with Will, uh -huh. just like tippy tip, asparagus on the grill. 
asparagus tossed lightly in some olive oil. You put it on the grill till it gets color on one side, flip it over, color on the other side. should be a little floppy. And then uh, you pull that bitch off, salt and pepper. Kosher salt, fresh cracked pepper. That's some of the best asparagus you've ever had in your life. And then like two hours later, you're like, why does my piss smell? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oof. What a weird, what a weird vegetable. You know what I mean? A vegetable that basically says, I was here. You know, asparagus was here. Right. Via smell. <clears throat> All right. Uh, next up, we got an email from Alan. He says, hi, guys. It's Alan from Mission again. I really enjoy your podcast. Thanks, buddy. As of late, your conversations on the podcast indicate that there isn't much going on in Star Wars. I think we're all waiting for Lucasfilm's announcement of for when the Acolyte will be on Disney+. Plus. This got me thinking. Maybe I ought to prompt you to go down a High Republic rabbit hole, buddy. Oh, I wish I could, buddy. If I remember correctly, you like manga anime. Clearly, that is correct. Uh, I also think you guys haven't checked out the High Republic stuff. I have checked out some of it. Maybe I can help you out with that since there are so many High Republic books to figure out. If you haven't heard, Lucasfilm has released three manga High Republic publications already. I read the first one, if not two, of those, and I really like them. I've read them, and they're great. I think they're some of the best High Republic things already printed. Um, I'm gifting you a digital version of the latest. You should get it at Blue Harvest Podcast at G gmail.com from Barnes and Noble tomorrow. Oh, buddy, you didn't have to do that. I'll check it out though. Um, yeah, but totally. Thank you for that. Uh, so buddy, Alan, let me just go ahead and say right off the bat. I wish I, if there's one thing in star Wars that I wish I had the time currently to get into would be to get all caught up on the high Republic. I have to believe I'll be able to do it one day because that shit keeps me going. There's always this one huge chunk of Star Wars that I can just go get all obsessed and caught up with. I'm going to do uh, it one Hans day. sent me a picture of a High Republic lightsaber uh, collectible that he has that's incredible. Yeah, man. That thing is so sick. Um, so I read Light of the Jedi, the first High Republic book, I did a book report about it to Will on an episode. I read, like I said, at least the first High Republic manga, if not the second. I read the... Now, I've also read, I'm not sure, maybe the first 8 to 10, as many of as maybe 12 issues of the Marvel series from High Republic. There's, um, if you go look on the... Rogue Rebels podcast feed. There's an episode or two, I can't remember, of me and Sal talking about those High Republic comics. So I have read some. There's just so much to catch up on. It's like That's a good thing. It is. It definitely is. And I'm glad it has such a passionate fan base. And I can't wait to see that era represented in the show. Like, that's all very exciting to me. But I just need the time. Maybe once I get some more shit knocked out of this house, I'll have some me reading time. I don't know. That'll be nice reading time. Reading. I used time. to read books. There are books to read. Yeah, I I actually got all snugly up in bed last night, Will, and sat down to read 
a physical book for the first time in I don't know how long. Because Light of the Jedi, I listened to the audio book, right? Right. And then I, this, the next book in line I, I listened to, but it was shorter. It was like a, a young adult book. And then the next full-size novel, I listened to some of the audio book. Um, and so I got sat down. I started reading it, right? Started catching up. It's a Final Fantasy VII book of all things. That's currently where my laser-targeted targeted fucking spectrum obsession is right now. It's Final Fantasy VII. Uh, and they have a book that sort of set in between the first part of the remake and the second part. So I was like, well, I got to read that. I sat down and started reading it. And I was like, this is awesome. I can't believe I'm reading a Final Fantasy VII book. You know what happened next, Will? I woke up when my alarm went off with that book on my chest and my hands numb. I fell smooth asleep reading that book like an old-ass man. I, that's, that's one of the dangers of reading at the point that I'm at. You can meet word in print. You might as well hit me with a sedative. I mean, that's Zequil. Written word. Hitting that honk shoe, honk shoe. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, you start reading something written on paper, and it gets real comfortable. My ass got real heavy, and my back got real comfortable. Mm -hmm. My eyes got real heavy. Yeah, and just sitting there dreaming. Dreaming about reading, nonetheless. <laughs> dreaming about reading. Dreaming about reading. All right. We got one more voicemail. This is from our buddy, Josh. Hello there, Haws and Will. This is your internet pal, Josh Wright. Hope you guys are doing okay, feeling okay. Best of luck with the next round of chemo there, Haws. We're all... Thank you, buddy. We're all we're all rooting for you and sending uh, positive vibes your way. Um, and uh, congratulations to both you guys on having uh, Star Wars news to talk about this week. Ba -ba -ba -ba. Um, I'm really excited for... The Mando movie and Ahsoka season two. I'm also really excited to see uh, the Acolyte and Skeleton Crew. Um, but we haven't seen a gosh darn trailer for them yet. Um, so my question is, when do you think we'll see one or both of those? Um, Super Bowl, maybe? I guess I could picture, you know, a halftime score, Detroit Lions 72, Baltimore Ravens 3. They cut to a spaceship Scene of a spaceship flying through space, obviously. Jude Law voiceover, and then we see those weird kids for a skeleton crew or whatever. That could be cool. Uh, so what do you guys think? Do you think we'll see them at the Super Bowl or during the Super Bowl or uh, sometime before that? That'd be even better. Um, what do you think? Once again, we're all pulling for you, for you Haas. Thanks, uh, buddy. Take care of yourselves, and may the force be with you. So... I'm going to go ahead and, and not try to be, I'm not trying to be Mr. Rain on his parade, but every year, Will, when the Super Bowl comes up, with maybe the exception of last year, but it seemed like every year before that, they'd be like, oh my God, do you guys think there's going to be a Star Wars commercial at the Super Bowl? And well, then, you know, it's from the Force Awakens trailer. The Force I'm pretty sure the Force Awakens trailer dropped in the Super Bowl didn't nope. and broke the internet. Nope. The force, the very first Force Awakens teaser trailer came out on Black Friday in 2014. That's okay. the one that was just, you know, it, the quick shot of BB-8, Ray on the speeder, um, Finn like popping his head up out of the desert, and then the Falcon flying. 
the next fall, The Force Awakens' very first full trailer debuted. No. So, and then in May, at Celebration, they did the first trailer. Second trailer came out during Monday Night Football. Not... Oh, okay. Not Super Bowl. Um, The only time I'm pretty sure that there has been a Star Wars-related Super Bowl commercial was in 2018 for Solo. And oh, it was, really? It was one of those things they do where they're like the trailer for the trailer. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it Coming showed a little soon, bit the trailer for solo. Well, yeah, they were like, uh, you know, it was like some quick clips and it was like full trailer tomorrow or something. If I'm not mistaken. Um, we couldn't pay for all that airtime. I'm hoping we get something before then. There seems to be, some speculation going around online that there might be a Bad Batch season three trailer coming soon because it seems like some of the people that work on that show are kind of like teasing that something's in the works. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to now that, you know, this Mandalorian Grogu thing has, has come and gone, meaning like the announcements happened it's happening. You know, we have that to look forward to. Um, I'm hoping we start finding out what this year looks like release date wise. Even if they just want to give us a, a vague idea, like, uh, acolyte will be out in spring of 2024 or skeleton crew will be out in fall of 2020. You know, give us a, like a time frame to at least look forward to, you know? Right. Right. I need like maybe three weeks after Final Fantasy comes out to beat it. So Star Wars, March 17th. That's when, let's start doing stuff around then, huh? Huh. Give me a a little time. Um, But yeah, I think, I think there's a good chance that the first thing we end up seeing is Bad Batch. Out of those. That would be neat. Especially if they have a trailer. Like if if it is true that, you know, they have one in the works or that it's coming somewhat soon, then that would lead me to believe we might see Bad Batch season three and then the two live action shows will be, you know, at some other time this year. Yeah. Um Boy, my fucking security system sends me a lot of fucking emails. Yep. Dear Lord. All right. Um I think that's it, buddy. Do you have do you have anything else in your chamber that you need to expel? No, uh, no, no. I'm empty. It's empty your chamber, William. Pew pew pew. <laughs> <laughs> that was well done, buddy. You legitimately got me with that. Good. Um, top searched actors from star wars episode one the phantom menace video game article man the internet sucks now just give me what i'm looking for um so what you guys should do is leave us a review if you haven't already that would be cool check out the band that was kind enough to provide their music their stoned cobra big stoned cobra news so for the longest time they were having trouble getting one of their albums on Spotify. And the reason why was fucked up. The reason why is because someone else on Spotify 
took one of their songs and put it up under their name. Uh, so when they were yeah. trying when they were trying to put High and Mighty up on Spotify, it was getting kicked back as as having somebody else's music in it. But oh it was it was backwards. Someone else had However, it got resolved. High and Mighty, as of I think today, is on um, Spotify, which is the album that has uh, the instrumental song at the beginning that our theme song comes from. So go fucking Spotify and check it out or iTunes or stonecobra.bandcamp.com. Why don't you, huh? You now won't regret it. No, that's a plug, Steve. That's a plug, Steve. That's <laughs> your boy Hall's pulling out the plug the butt plug and speaking Ooh. of steve you should check uh, him out on the high potion podcast that we do together it's about video games and it's a good time so <clears throat> i was running from the devil on this show trying to escape those gummies before get this done before the gummies hit and it didn't happen it snatched your ass yeah it snatched me right at that about that 53 minute mark <laughs> um, we'll see you guys next week. This has been Blue Harvest. I'm Hollis Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us.